Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Today's episode of Death and Friends is brought to you by the 13th letter of the alphabet, M. Wait, what just happened? Mummies. Monotheism. Murder mysteries. Wait, what's happening? Play the song. Hello, skeleton army. Let's get spoopy. It's your boy, Angel. And Nash. Yes, yes, indeed, quite. And we got a real dusty episode for you. Because we're talking about... Because <laughs> we're talking about... Um, hang on. Let me. Really? No, I got it. I got it. Okay. The 1999 film, The Mummy. Hmm, No. That's right, the horniest movie this side of American Pie 2. Okay, we're not talking about that, but okay, look, while we're on the subject, that mummy movie had way too many attractive people in it. Like, it was a crime? It definitely awakened something in me. Yeah, like, I saw Noxuna Moon for the first time, and I was like, oh. Oh, dude, the first time I saw Evie, I was like, you can be a librarian (laughs) and sexy? I was eight, don't judge me. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Okay, so if we're not talking about um, Brendan Fraser's... Brendan Fraser's? Brendan Fraser's magnum opus. <laughs> what are we talking about, Nash? Because my notes say here... Mummies. Hmm, we're talking about King Tut. So we're talking about mummification? Correct. Well, we're really in the shit now. Get it? Because <laughs> toilet paper? <sighs> we're in the middle of a pandemic, Angel. Paint the picture, Nash. Okay, it's November 29th, 1922, and we're in the Valley of the Kings, Egypt. Excuse me, you said 1922? Sure did. Weren't we talking about mummies just now, as in ancient Egypt? Yes, but specifically, we're talking about King Tut's mummy, and his story starts with archaeologist Howard Carter. Oh, of course it starts with some white guy. That's history, baby! (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it's 1922. We're in the Valley of the Kings at the unopened entrance of Tomb KV-62. Nothing for that one. That's okay. Oh my god, nothing. (laughs) No smart comment. It's fine. Anyway. (laughs) KV-62. You know, just more like sex (laughs) V-62. I'm off my game today, people. (laughs) Anyway. More like... More, more like KY69, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Jesus Christ. Uh, this episode's going to be me missing cues and losing my <laughs> shit, and we should just keep it in. Let's do it. <laughs> Carter, a longtime Egyptologist, was determined to keep digging in the Valley of the Kings, despite the claim of a colleague in 1912 that the valley had been completely exhausted of new finds. Now, what was interesting is that it, what it was plentiful in, in this valley, because uh, it was really well hidden, uh, mm-hmm. was ranch. Mm-hmm. became Egypt's largest export for decades. Delightful. 
factually inaccurate. Carter, Make it true. His, no. <laughs> In case you're not get caught up on that, uh, it's a Hidden Valley Ranch joke. Just over-explaining. Uh, yes. The best jokes are the ones that are explained. <laughs> Just doing the work for you, Angel. Oh, Jesus. Carter, with his longtime benefactor slash rich sugar daddy Lauren Carnarvon, was determined to discover the big prize of Egypt, an unplundered tomb. Un- unplundered tomb? Go- no, go ahead. I, I said it. Go ahead. No, that's, well, I mean. Oh, no, nothing for unplundered tomb? No, no. I'm you had, you had KY69, nothing for unplundered tomb. No, okay. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> It's fine. Anyway, in November, when a worker on one of Carter's sites stumbles onto a staircase that leads to a sealed ancient door, Carter gets his wish. Tut's tomb was the first one we ever found that essentially hasn't been broken into, right? Because you don't say unplundered tomb without that right. kind of caveat included. So, yes and no. It di- it does look like it was broken into twice, but both times were in antiquity. They were quick and dirty affairs. They were both very soon after burial, and they probably didn't get to take out that much. So the door Carter finds has all the ancient seals intact. He calls for Carnarvon immediately, who's just chilling in England while Carter spends all his money. Oh, that's cute. They open a tomb together. The original sugar daddy bromance. We stand old gay kings. <laughs> Thank you, JFK. <laughs> so Carter, wanting to make sure they aren't about to be anciently fumigated, cuts a little hole in the sealed door. You know, there's a glory hole joke in there somewhere. Uh, We just don't know what it is. Pop it in the comments. So Carter pops a candle in there, and Carnarvon says to him, Can you see, ooh, anything? Ooh. Mm. Can you do it older? Ooh, butterscotch, ooh. Salted taffy, ooh. Mm. Can you see anything? (laughs) No. I would say older and more like the Crypt Keeper. Oh, he's dying, legitimately. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. <clears throat> Can you see anything? Perfect. So then Carter hits us with this line that becomes super famous. Yes. Wonderful things. <laughs> you know what? There were 58 people outside this tomb entrance. Who's to say what happened that day, you know? <laughs> Jesus, that many dudes? Well, there was one girl. It was Lord Carnarvon's daughter. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just hot, passionate heat. <laughs> Local hot singles in your area, Egypt. And sand. Lots and nah. lots of sand. In everything. Nah. No. <laughs> so later, in Carter's diary, he writes, At first I could see nothing. The hot air escaping from the chamber, causing the candle flame to flicker. As my eyes grew accustomed to the light, details of the room within emerged slowly from the mist. Strange animals, statues, and gold. Everywhere, the glint of gold. So, this is essentially how we meet Tut? Yeah. So, Tut's in a weirdly sensual way. (laughs) Just two dudes loving ancient Egypt. Just. Mm. Ooh, Egypt. Mm. Ooh. We are unstoppable yes, this episode. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> so Tut's name appears on all of the Egyptological records, but nobody really knew anything about him, just that he ruled as a child and his reign wasn't long. Like Prince. Exactly. So this brings him right into the limelight of Western civilization. And he's been a symbol of ancient Egypt ever since. And what's neato is that Tut's tomb becomes how we understand ancient Egyptian burial practices, no? 
Exactly. So his tomb is a perfect definition of what archaeologists use the term in situ for. What we found in 1922 has essentially been untouched since Tut was put there, meaning that we can derive a lot of information about how burials were done and what important certain parts or practices were for those ancient Egyptians. So it takes Carter about eight years to fully catalog and disassemble Tut's tomb properly, mostly because he does it right. Eight years? Is that some kind of ancient mummy's curse? (laughs) It's the curse that afflicts all archaeologists. (laughs) The need to be excessively thorough. Oh, boy. So there was an an actual curse then. Sadly for us. But fortunately for Carter's team and probably also Brendan Fraser, no. The curse rumors start a few months after the tomb opening, mostly because Lord Carnarvon dies of pneumonia. Oh, no. But he was pretty sickly to start, you know, and he was old. Anyway, in the end, only about eight people of the just under 60 people present at the opening die in the decade or so after. Like, it's pretty within the margin of normal, like one a year. Oh, that's fucking normal? Just Yeah. If you're not <laughs> losing a friend a year, you have really healthy friends. Or you live in Canada where healthcare is free. Oh, it must be so nice. Hmm. Wait, okay. So, Tut's not cursed. Right. Old uh, Car- Lord Carnality dies. Because, <laughs> sure. you know, because he's, <laughs> he's old. Got sand up his crack. I mean, old people and, do um, die. I mean, they... <laughs> I mean, history shows. The trend is <laughs> they tend to do that. Um, so that's not cursed and his tomb does have a lot of stuff in it right it's yeah. like a big thing there's there's hundreds of lots of stuff museum uh tours that travel the world but here's my question my room has a lot of stuff in it some say i'm cursed it's mental illness i'm fine it's fine but what's so important about this dude then that we just like lost our shit about it to understand why tut is so cool we gotta go meet his dad Oh, yeah. We talking about Big Daddy Akhenaten. <laughs> oh, boy. He <laughs> so, Akhenaten. Here we go. He's married to Nefertiti, basically the hottest woman to exist ever. Besides, you know, Helen of Troy. I mean... Rachel Weiss. Yeah, like <clears throat> Amelia Clark. Um, mm, really? What are- <laughs> Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Zoe Kravitz. Okay. All right. You, you all right there, Nash? I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, by all accounts, and also, are you sweating, dude? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to get some water. I'll be right back. Okay. All righty. All right. By all accounts, and also his mommy, probably. We'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, he was not the best looking dude, but hey, he walked so we could run, goddammit. <laughs> Maybe he just was funny? Mm. Given what he's about to do to Egypt, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Actually, can verify. Um, <laughs> he definitely had like that kind of ugly, but kind of handsome, very charming cult leader vibe. There we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's born Amenhotep the Fourth. He continues to rule with his own dad for a bit, but we aren't really sure for how long. Could be two years, could be twelve. But the point is, his dad dies, like they tend to do. He takes the crown somewhere between 1353 and 1351 BCE. See what I did there? You're like time travel. <laughs> this isn't BBC. Um, 
It's a Doctor Who joke. <laughs> aliens. Was... A- aliens. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Ancient Aliens, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he gets married to like a really hot lady. Essentially, he's living in a palace in Thebes, maybe Memphis. He's got a rhinestone suit. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he's got he's got money and he's got power. He's basically living his best life. Just doing great, killing it. Yeah, essentially. But yes, but much like a young banker at a club trying cocaine for the first time, he says, but what if more? Mm, Like every other rich person. Yes, like most walking pieces of excrement, he controls the economy. And he is appointed to rule over all of Egypt by the gods. So, I mean, what else could you want? I'm glad you said gods, because... You see, Egypt is like very famously polytheistic, meaning there are lots of gods, like 2,000 of them. Just gods for everything. Gods for gods for sleeping. Yeah. Gods for eye boogers. Gods for pooping. I mean, I was going to go for gods of love and like death, but yeah, poop. There's a poop god. Baby rashes. You got to do that. Athlete's foot. <laughs> I think <laughs> probably we've got the time they topic. just called. Tut's foot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to get into that later. Um, Don't worry about it. Amenhotep the Fourth was like, hey, what if there was like one God? Like just one God. Just one. And it's my father. And he spoke only through me. Oh, wow. That is big cult leader energy. Uh, yes, yes. You can hear him commanding his troops to kill uh, Sharon Tate. Yeah. See, Amenhotep the Fourth changes his name to Akhenaten, meaning of the Aten. And starts praying to the one true god, Aten, the embodiment of the sun. He claims himself to be the son of the one true god and his voice on earth. Very, lots of po- pope energy. Mm. Pope energy. <laughs> he disavows the old gods, forces everyone to pray to the new religion, then moves the capital of Egypt from Thebes to a brand new city he names Akhenaten. Literally meaning horizon of the Aten. Well, that sounds like a fun way to waste some tax dollars and the patience of an entire country. <laughs> sure is, Nash. In truth, <laughs> Egyptologists aren't sure a lot of the common people even bother to change their actual religious practices. With the king in a new city he literally created for himself, it was probably decently easy to just kind of pray to the old gods. Mm. Very big Mar-a-Lago energy. Oh, man. The parallels between this... And what happens? God, I hope they're really close. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to control the cold if you move away, yeah? Yeah. This is actually the thing that Akhenaten is most famous for, which is a crazy departure from all of Egyptian history. Uh, but in truth, we wouldn't even know about it if it weren't for Tut. Right. So we don't know exactly when or how Akhenaten died, but we do know a few things. And by the way, that's no in air quotes because Egyptology. So first, he was immediately succeeded by, or perhaps a co-regent of, his son-in-law Smenkare. And then was either succeeded by, or a co-regent of, the mysterious Neferneferuaten, who was either Nefertiti, Akhenaten's widow, or their daughter, Meritaten, who was the widow of Smenkare, and possibly the wife of Akhenaten himself, maybe. Wow. Egyptologists do agree, yeah, that the final pharaoh of the Armana period, to which this general sort of disaster has been named, was a woman. Always is. In addition to depictions and hieroglyphics. Wow. Okay. No, wait, no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, that's, no. That's... No, no. 
Oh no! Like I mean, like a lot of yeah. death things and shitty sure. things get blamed on women. That's what I'm. Oh, God damn it! In addition to depictions and hieroglyphics referencing this woman as king, much of the funerary pieces in Tut's tomb were originally slated for her and were, in haste, repurposed when the boy king died. So the reason the Amarna period is so cloudy for Egyptologists is because of what happens when Tut ascends. He's around eight or nine when he takes power. Just you know, real mature for his age, I guess. <laughs> And the first thing he does is he moves back to Thebes and he reburies his dad in the Valley of Kings. So it's actually a pretty mature, smart thing to do to peace to your peoples. Um, probably. Probably wasn't all him. But the point is, in the next few years, he rebuilds all the temples of the old gods and renounces the Aten. He restores the god Amun to supremacy and things go back to a nice old Egyptian normal. This is the cool part. And the part that I hope we embrace as modern people. Sometime... During Tut's reign and the reigns of his successors, the people of Egypt just straight up erase Akhenaten's actual existence. He gets removed from all the official records, his name gets scraped off of temples, and they all just collectively go, Akhenaten, never heard of her. They literally blessed the reigns down in Africa and got rid of old pre-Jesus there. Exactly. So as it turns out, Jesus couldn't be successful if he was already rich and in power. Weird that what made Jesus likable later on is the one thing people would hate about him now. <laughs> it's like people don't understand metaphors. <laughs> it do be like that. Yeah. One, of the, one of the other interesting things about the Armana period is the shift in artwork and how the royal family gets depicted. Oh. So Akhenaten and his family all have these like long, thin skulls Ooh. and long limbs with very feminine hips. Oh, okay. Slim thick. And it led archaeologists to wonder about some conditions that might cause a physicality to pass genetically. This is all speculation, and most prominent historians agree that it was probably just a style of artwork, because medical testing on the mummies from Marfan syndrome and a couple others just have not supported this theory. Ah, uh, yes. Mummies. Mm. How about we talk about them for a second? Is this really the time, Angel? Yes, yes it is. Oh, wait, you thought I said mum? No, as in, I mean, like, from Egypt. Ah, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Nash, if I could prompt you for a second. Sure. <laughs> what is Egypt's obsession with mummification? I'm super glad you asked. Oh, I know. Mummification is a process that describes desiccating a human body after death by removing any moisture, either deliberately by using resins and chemicals or accidentally by nature in its spooky ways. Okay. Um, <laughs> it happens naturally also in ways that you would expect. Like, if you die and your body's in a really cold place, or a really dry place, boom, you as mummy. Exactly. So ancient Egypt isn't the first place to mummify people intentionally. That was the Chinchorro people in Chile, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. you gotta roll your R's better. Chinchorro. Excuse me? Chinchorro. Chinchorro. I'm doing it, Angel. <laughs> Do it better. But ancient Egypt... <sighs> ancient Egypt does sort of perfect things. So here's how it goes in Tut's time. The brain gets pulled out through the nostrils with a little heated metal hook. Delicious. The body is opened up and all the major organs get removed and put into special containers called canopic jars, which go into the tomb with the deceased. Only the heart remains in the body, as the Egyptians believed it was the main part of a person and that it would be needed to go into the afterlife. Like it got weighed and it was sort of your personal essence. Gotcha. So the now emptied body cavity would be filled with salt for 70 days to completely dry it out, like raisin status, like just nothing left. People jerky. 
Yes. At the end of the drying period, it was wrapped in cloth, anointed with oils, and coated in resin, then moved into the burial coffin. Hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. To dry age people. <laughs> with salt. So, super good. With salt. Is, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, hang on. So, wasn't this an episode about Tut? Yeah. And murder? It's called Backstory Angel. So here's what we know about Tut. He's the son of Akhenaten, a.k.a. Worst Jesus. Worst Jesus. Worst. And one of his lesser wives. He gets raised in the royal palace. Maybe he's prepped for the crown, but probably not, given that Nefertiti and Akhenaten had a son, Smenkare. Smenkare either dies while a co-regent with his dad-in-law, or very soon after being a regent alone, Tut starts being groomed for rule. He marries his half-sister, Oak Salmon. Oh, wait, what? You say Oak Salmon? Ox. Hang on, hang on, let me see this. Yeah. Ox. Wait, no, 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 hang on, we have the thing. Here it is. Here it is. Ox. What the? (laughs) No! (laughs) It sounds drunk. Ox. You know what? Uh, For the purpose of of this podcast, she will be Annie. Okay, cool. Objections? So you know, this is not... Mm... Alka-cinnamon. I think I got it. Alka-cinnamon? Alka-cinnamon. When I the, think we're fucking when it the up. Robot, when, when the robot said it, it sounded drunk. It was just like... <laughs> yeah. She's having a hard day. Alka-cinnamon. We'll go with it. Yep. Alka-cinnamon. Also, if anybody can... Yeah, if you could say this. how it's pronounced. Send it to us on our Instagram yeah. or Twitter. That would be amazing. We will re-record this entire episode. No, no, we'll probably... Oh. No. Okay, no. well, we'll, re- we'll re-record us saying her name, and... We'll do a YouTube apology video about it. <laughs> <laughs> I will cry. It, it's fine. It'll be great. Please don't criticize me. I can't handle it. I'm made of porcelain. Oh, man. He marries his half-sister, Akka Sunaman, who was a true-born daughter of the king and the queen, thus cementing his right to rule. Together, they have two children, both of whom die in utero. Their bodies are mummified and buried with Tut. Sorry. <laughs> was it in utero riff? Uh, children died. I should feel bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer, dude. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, we got the goofy juice. We both drink goofy juice. Right. Yeah. One of the other things we know about Todd from his mommy when he got CT scanned in 2005, which was televised, by the way, fun fact, is that his left foot was clubbed and he had bone necrosis and he likely needed a cane to walk, which explains the plethora of canes in his tomb. He also had a pretty severe recurring case of malaria, which also sucks. This week's episode is brought to you by John Relfio. <laughs> Literally the worst. <laughs> What an unlucky dude. Yes, yes, indeed. But that's what happened when the royal family's inbred as hell. <laughs> and your dad tries to father his own grandchildren. That is an actual thing he tried to do. That's a yikes for me. Uh, seconded fully. Yeah. Woof. So now we know a little bit about Tut's life. It's time to talk about his death. Okay, let's not sound so excited. I will never try that. No, oh boy. So in 1998... Egyptologist Bob Breer presents a theory. One of Tut's advisors, a man called I. I. No, not like that. Not like not like I. Like pirate I. Like 
No, wait, that doesn't work either. The, not, more like, adios mio, am I right? <laughs> Actually, yes. Just like that. Oh. So I oh, takes advantage of the boy king. Acting as a regent, he is responsible for bringing Egypt back to the old gods. And he restores much of the previous history. He watches Tut and his wife struggle to make an heir and decides this line is better ended. So in the night, he hits the 19-year-old sleeping king on the head. And after the burial, he marries Tut's wife and declares himself king. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought he wasn't murdered. Because that sounds a lot like murder. It's a dark theory. Mm, it's a whole lot of murder. Bob Breer shows up and it's like, what if he was murdered at 19 by his advisors? He writes this whole book. Tut's tomb starts going on tour around the whole world. And everybody just can't stop talking about the boy king. Wow. All because some guy was like, what if he was murdered? Well, it wasn't just a what if. So Bob Breer took a look at Tut's body. And at the yeah. base of an x-ray, there's a there's a really strange gray piece at the base of the neck. So in all of the x-rays, it looks like if somebody smacked you on the back of the head, a piece of your skull got knocked into your brain, then they poured the resin in, and it got stuck there. Oh. Which is why he started thinking, what if this was murder? And there's some other reasons that he thinks that, which we'll get into in just a second. Gotcha. So that brings us to what actually killed Tut, but we can't talk about that without our handy local physician. Ah, uh, yes. It is time for... Black Death Polio Spontaneous Combustion Dying comes and after death comes decomposition It may seem sad and also gross But here you are and here's your host Not an actual doctor, but It's Medical, medical, medical Facts with Dr. Angel So here's what we actually do know outside of your crazy theories from the 90s Besides the aggressive malaria, <laughs> which is <laughs> what a way to what a way to phrase that, dude. <laughs> Real quick, this episode was written by Nash, <laughs> and just the nonchalantness of like, homie had mad malaria, dude, <laughs> just Facts. swimming in malaria. <laughs> so besides the aggressive malaria, the club left foot, teensy bit of scoliosis. In a very imperceptible cleft palate, Tut also sustained dun, dun, dun. a nice compound fracture to the left femur right near the time of his death. Here's the current theory. Tut, not the healthiest dude in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's 19. How he's made it to 19, who knows? His country is fighting a war with the... Hittites. Hittites. Spelled Hittites. Yeah. Actually, high titties, really. Uh, yes. So the Hello Breasts are at war with them. <laughs> and uh, so Tut rides out with his army on a chariot. Real boss shit. Just uh, the Egyptian army following their fucked up king. <laughs> and and here's the thing. It's just like the image of like all these big strong soldiers. And then fucking <laughs> Tut's little... Fucked up ass, just like, let's fucking get him, guys! <laughs> Not our oh. most sensitive episode. No, I'm so sorry. 
Oh, it's just like the way you describe them. It's just like, like he's got a fucked up foot. Homie swimming in malaria. He's got a little sco- like who? <laughs> a little scoliosis. Just a little bit. Just like a touch. Just a little. He's like, stand up straight. I am standing up. <laughs> like, you have to remember, uh, his family has been fucking each other for, like, a while. Yes, they're aggressively inbred. They were like, yeah. hey, there's somebody who's not in the family. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this poor kid. Uh, here's the thing. No one actually knows how it happened. They're like, I'm sure they were probably like, yes, our king was attacked by someone. Or maybe he tripped over a rock, quite literally. <laughs> Something scares the horse, and he falls and just busts his leg wide open. Just gets bodied. Like, they're like, where's the king? Ah, there's the king. Because <laughs> he fucking flew across. And, like, here's the thing. We know the leg fracture never healed. Because there's resin from the mummification inside the break. They're like, what happened? And they're like, he was fighting a war. Kind of looks like he fell. He's fighting a war. <laughs> uh, they get him back to the palace. More fucked up than he's ever been. Which is saying a lot for him. And the leg wound gets infected. And plus his rampant malaria? <laughs> really, Nash? Wouldn't go away. <laughs> uh, plus his rampant malaria eventually overcome his body's defenses and he dies. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> Just the way you wrote this. A 19-year-old is dead. Just as a uh, reminder. Yes, okay. It's, the point is, I'm so sorry. Like The point is like, this, this dude should have not been king. He was king. He did a decent job, actually. Then he goes to war with, like, all the inbred superpowers. <laughs> and, like, he dies because of a... Because he fell? It's a bummer. And, like... I mean, yeah. that's just the theory. That's what we've got right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely, definitely broke his leg. But it is just a theory. So here's the fun right. part. I'm, oh, God. Yeah. Just because he wasn't clubbed over the head doesn't mean he wasn't murdered because this is the part that dr breer was really worried about the part that drove him looking for evidence in the first place do you remember tut's wife yeah uh jesus so his wife not to not to minimize her or her name is just really hard i know we're so sorry right her. Well, anyway, Dr. Breer remembered her too. After Tut's burial and her forced marriage to I, she disappears completely from the records. She's never found in the Valley of the Kings and just never mentioned again. Oh, so she got the Akhenaten treatment. True. She could have just easily died and everyone sort of forgot about it and now we have no records. But here's where things get kind of interesting. Right after Tut dies, sometime in the 70 days while his body is being mummified, Akhenaten, then around Dude, 21. You nailed it. Yes. Holy Wait. shit! Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. We've been trying for three days. This is amazing. You okay. The name. <sighs> She's but around twenty-one when he dies. She's twenty-one. She writes to the king of the current Egyptian enemy, the Hittites. Her letter reads: "My husband died, a son I have not. If thou wouldst give me one son of thine, he would become my husband. Never shall I pick out a servant of mine and make him my husband. I am afraid." damn yeah exactly so the king of the hittites decides to send one of his sons to marry her maybe securing a little peace maybe he just didn't like that particular son but the son never makes it to thebes wait no no he gets murdered on his way to axenemason 
For fuck's sake. Then she marries I, disappears. You're shitting me. No, not at all. Just all the murder. Well, in full disclosure, the Hittite king that saved the letter only ever identifies her as the Egyptian king's wife. And though we know... Okay, so we weren't the only ones doing that shit then. Correct. <laughs> he was like, I cannot say this. Uh, this is too difficult. I'm sorry. It's just... She's just there. We know it's a female queen from the Armana period. It doesn't actually bear Xenomason's name. So, it could be from her mother, Nefertiti, or her sister, Mariatatan. But the facts don't fit as well. So someone does get murdered. Maybe more than one. <laughs> Maybe someone's? more than one someone's. I don't know why I couldn't say that. <laughs> oh, you're a mess. <laughs> it's the yogurt. <laughs> it's the yogurt. By the, the way, if, if, this, if, if this has been edited out for the most part, keep this part in. Uh, yeah. This whole time, Nats thought, you know what I should drink? Yogurt. Yogurt. Just good for the oh, vocals. Man. No, <laughs> lactate is the worst thing for the vocals. <clears throat> Don't I sound wonderful, though? Uh. You always sound wonderful, kid. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, man. Okay. So someone does get murdered. Maybe more than once someone's. Because even though Tut likely died of an infection caused by a fracture, it probably wouldn't have been that hard for someone to set the stage for the boy king to have an accident that would ultimately end his life if you were smart and CSI Thebes didn't exist. So what you're saying is, maybe I did murder him. Mm. And his wife. Yeah. Also the Hittite prince. Yeah. Or maybe everyone just died by accident. You know, with history, it's hard to say. And we're just going to cop out like that? I like the mystery of it. Well, that's the episode, I guess. Um, thanks so oh, much for listening. Wait, everybody. no, wait. We didn't do fun facts with Nash. Oh, okay. Well, what's? how are we going to transition? Fun facts with Nash. I'm mildly delighted to inform you that Tut's penis is at large. It's large? No, no, it's at large. It's missing. I'm sorry? It appears in the original tomb photos from Carter's 1922 excavation and his examination of the mummy in 1930. But by 1968, when Professor R.G. Harrison rolls an x-ray machine into the tomb to get a good look at the mummy, boom, penis gone. Someone stole his penis. <laughs> look, guys, if you stole Tut's penis, maybe your grandfather stole Tut's penis, you can just give it back. Like, no questions asked. Okay, well, God. I will ask a few questions. Namely, why? But come on, just give the dead 19-year-old back his penis. penis on the run. And on that note, um, that's the episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Remember to, to subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> Jesus. Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Jeez. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm It's Nash Flynn. And I'm at Gorilla Jokes. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Oh man, what an ending to that episode. <laughs> Hashtag so, find the penis. Find the penis. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And uh, Look, we know death is a weird topic to talk about, and we had, um, I'm going to say, a little too much fun talking about the too much of these historical uh, figures, but we need you to know that we're all doing this in an effort to learn a thing or two, maybe, and have some fun, and we need you to remember something. You are loved. You matter. And if you don't want to be your own friend, we'll be your friend. And after death, maybe your penis, too, can take a trip around the world. <laughs>
God, Jesus Christ, man. Alrighty. Until next time, Skeleton Army. <laughs> Love you. Love you. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio designed by Dominic Guanzon. The fuck is a knave? Remember, this is a comedy podcast, okay? Don't use it in your research papers. And, um, <laughs> that was stupid. I'm going to start that. Do you want to take that line again? Because you definitely said Nefertiti the second time yeah, I also. Def- I def- it's Nefertiti, right? Nefertiti, yeah. Titi. Never titties. Um, never titties. Uh, <laughs> ironically, small boobs, big butt. Uh. Death? The brain gets pulled out through the nostrils with a little heated metal hook. Yum. The body's opened up and the... What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just like to react naturally. Death? The gang of the Hittites decides to send one of his sons to marry her. The gang Maybe. of the Hittites? Did I say the... You said the gang. I was the gang. The cast. The cast of Always Sunny and the Hittites. <laughs> Coming all snapping like the yeah, gang. Yeah, exactly. The... Yeah, no. <clears throat> okay. Well, here we go. Death. Have an accident that would ultimately end his life if you were smart and CSI thought. Jesus Christ! I almost said thighs. <laughs> CSI thighs. CSI Let me see them thighs, girl. Girl, you're under arrest for being fine as hell. <laughs> I don't love this. I do hope Looks it makes like the bloopers. Looks like these thighs. <laughs> Crush this watermelon. Sunglasses on. Yeah! <laughs> Death? Maybe more than one someone's. Look, Ooh. Even- I keep forgetting you're going to insert that there. Okay. Give me Ooh. a Ooh. What if I just did it like, Ooh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, shit. <laughs> Give me the murder again. Death? Kishanaman. Oh. What? Kishanaman. <laughs> what? What? Hang on. Let's I'll play it again. Semen? Hmm. Hang on. Let's do it again. Kishanaman. Oh. Kishanaman. Kishanaman. Is it even saying the same thing every time? Kishanaman. <laughs> I feel like it's saying it different every time. It is. Do you have an accent on your voice assistant no. person? No. No. Okay. Um. Let's just color. Let's just. Oh man, we're in the shit now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> you know what? Let's cross that bridge when we get there. Okay. Let's go. Death. I wanna die. Oh wait, that's not the song. <laughs> that's not the song. <laughs> but baby, you. Oh boy. Death. So we're talking about mummification. Correct. <laughs> Just realized it said riff because I was supposed to do a joke, not an actual riff. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's. Baby, that's the theme song for mummification. The the fucking bit from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Okay. Uh, let's take that line again. Death. <laughs> Weirdly enough, um, Carter's name for his ass was also unplundered too. <laughs>
You weren't supposed to say anything to that, by the way. I know, I know. I just I couldn't resist. Okay, okay. Do that whole line again, and then we'll do the <coughs> script. Death? So what you're basically explaining here, if I can mansplain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Mansplain unplundered so to me. <laughs> uh, well, see, when the aid is first... No, okay. I'm just not... Death? Right, no. just like Carter and his... No, there it is. <laughs> there it is. They were both like really... <laughs> and Carnarvon. He was English. Carnarvon. No, that's not better. They were both Carnarvin? really... S- okay. <laughs> it's Carnarvon. 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 Toity, toity. Get in my unplundered tomb. <laughs> oh, Carter. Oh, Carter. <laughs> How Sticky did this happen? The sun don't shine. <laughs> oh, Lord. The Please Irish episode is leaking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just like his unplundered no. tomb. <laughs> this episode is only going to be bloopers. Death? His son-in-law, Smenkari. Hang on, and then, pause. Yeah. Take a swig of water, dude. <laughs> it's not. You're like, you started off with like, well, so we don't know exactly. <laughs> You're reading out of the Book of the Dead. I'm dead. No. No, wait, hang on. I'm opening the Book of the Dead. Sadra the Hayes. Initu Setai. Okay, and she's back without a soul. This is a bad cemetery situation. An emergency. <laughs> okay. Quick, call anybody other than the police. I was like, you know what? It would be fun right before I record this. Is I'm going to drink a bunch of yogurt. <laughs> Why? Great for, so for the vocals. vocal cords. Uh, also, who drinks yogurt? Who's <laughs> like, God, I'm so goddamn parched. You know what I need? Some goddamn yogurt. Woman, bring me some yogurt. <laughs> This, Which uh, this one do you hole? want, Daddy? <laughs> I want strawberry. Where the strawberry, you bitch? <laughs> this whole episode is unusable. <laughs> uh, well, it's Dom's job to make it usable. So. <laughs> he's already added to this Love episode you. once. Okay. I'm, yeah, he, yeah. I know that's the best part. He's already. He's like fucking this one again, <sighs> and it's worse. It's <laughs> worse. <fucking assholes. laughs> All right, you got this, bud. You got this. Beep boop boop beep boop ba beep ba beep boop.